Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Your cousin's talking about the new lottery app. Huh. You can pick your numbers by just shaking your phone now, apparently. And maybe then you think, well, if someone's going to win it, why not me? Shake, pick and play with the new app. The National Lottery. It could be you. Play responsibly, play for fun. Hello! Listen, you smell something? Put that cookie down! Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. I'm Johnstar. We're filmmakers, we're fans, and we're facing off this week. We are, we are, it's, a sh- it's the ultimate show, not really the ultimate showdown, but it's filmmakers versus critics this week, and we have very special guest, Mr. Peter Gray. Say hi, Peter. Hello. Hello. We have brought Peter on to settle the debate once. No, not really, but uh, I think it's an interesting- so Should I put my knives away? Or? <laughs> the fight to end all fights. Uh, I think it's a really interesting topic. I was like, I was, I was thinking, I was like, we, we should get a film, because it was just- there was like certain events, which we'll talk about later on in the episode. And I was like, shit, that's like a really good, because no one's really doing that in a podcast because they'll get like, there'll be critics on a podcast and they talk critic-y things. Yeah. And then there'll be filmmakers and they talk filmmaker things. So I'm like, let's, let's put it in the same thing. <laughs> and um, But uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. As always, we ask the question, what have you been watching? And Chancellor, what have you been watching this week? So uh, I finally got around to watching In and Out, the... Uh Frank Oz film I hadn't seen yet. The Kevin Klein one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah no, and I, I, I loved it. I, it's funny. I lent you my copy with of it. Frank Oz. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so thank you for that, Shane. Uh, I needed it. Um, yeah, no, it, it was surprising that it was a movie made twenty years ago, and it should be like a gay panic film. But there are gay panic films today that are just far more offensive than something twenty years ago. Yeah. How does that happen? <laughs> How have we not grown since then? I, don't know. I, I find it weird in that movie though. Tom Selleck. <laughs> without, without a mustache. a mustache and you're like i'm like would we have bought him as gay with the mustache yeah that's the question like I, tom Selleck's like mustaches you know in general you think but, tom Selleck. Yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 and so yeah I'm, maybe that's why they they had him they they shave him they got rid of it i was sitting there for the first five minutes when they introduced his character because it was on the tv and i was like who's this guy i know this guy why do i know this guy there's just something missing about this guy <laughs> it was his mustache um but yeah no i i really loved it and it, it what sucks is that it had my now favorite i am spartacus moment uh, i am gay because i've I always wanted gay. to do a great i am spartacus moment in a film and i'm not going to be able to top i'm gay I was, the, was the one that the I'm guy gay. is like i'm gay i still know how yeah it. oh yeah because like uh, what's interesting is the way like different people react to the, the news of him being gay and at the end when they all band together and all the because the first kid who comes out is he he's actually coming out there right i i, th- I thought so I thought when so. i saw it I and so. then the the girl next to him gets up and she's gay and then uh the other girl she gets up and he's gay and then the fourth guy who's like the butch guy who just like loves banging chicks he gets up and is like i'm gay i mean i still love boning chicks and i'm super <laughs> good at it but you know i'm I'm, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also love the moment I love is when he's listening to the tape. 
Oh my god, the tape <laughs> the, scene. about how to be a man. It's like you're not dancing, are you? Stop <laughs> dancing. Uh, uh, what else? G- we great bits of absurdist comedy like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. And I've also been uh, binging on Netflix. Um, uh, Magic for Humans. Oh yes, Which, Justin uh, Willman's. Yes, um, and I I love I love magic. Um, I love sitting there trying to figure out how people do tricks. Uh, which is hard on TV ones because on TV, on TV shows, TV ones, it's always like fake audiences. And yeah, stuff. and there is some rumors about some of the people in Magic for Humans being actors because certain producers have been like, "I know that actor. I auditioned them for something." <laughs> and you're like, oh. <laughs> but um, no, otherwise, it's an enjoyable show. And seeing like the people react to the magic is usually pretty fun. Uh, did you see the viral campaign that kind of like blew up before the show came out, which was the um, tricking a guy into believing he's invisible? I've seen I've, it all over yeah, Facebook. I've seen I these invisible things I haven't. Yeah, so that, that was like a really great bit because, like, essentially, it was he had hired. Well, he he had put out on Craigslist, got a whole bunch of people to come to this event, and they are all in on it. And then they just wait. So he'd do so like a few just basic ma- magic tricks, waiting for one person to rock up. And when a random person rocks up, they're like, "All right, cool. Now I'll show you how uh, invisibility works." He does a trick with water. And then he gets two people from the audience, one that's one of the plants and one that's the guy. And he makes the first guy turn invisible, but he it's a trick that makes him disappear. Yeah. He's like, okay, you know, you're still there. Okay, excellent. Now I'm going to make the other guy disappear. And he pulls off the cloth and he's just sitting there and everyone's like, <gasps> <laughs> and the guy's like, <laughs> it, 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 it's great. Uh, so yeah, no, it's it's been mass a... gaslighting. <laughs> yeah, <that's true>. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's been a really fun series. Okay. Um, I really want to talk because I've got a few friends who are magicians, so I want to talk to them about what they think of the show because seeing what magicians think of other magician things is really fun. Have I have I disclosed this on the podcast that I'm like super into card magic? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Like the thing I, I I love Penn and Teller Full Arts. Yeah, oh, like, great show. Yeah, I um, but I, I find those magic shows hard to watch because I'm always looking for the cuts. Yeah, because I do the film as well, and so it just melds together in a way where I'm kind of like, oh, that looked a little. Dodgy. I, I, mm. I took you to um, Pete. You and never took me. Oh, I never took you to promise, and you've never done it. <laughs> they'll probably have another Halloween show. We'll yeah. go to that. It's okay. I'm okay. sorry. Uh, but other than that, Shane, what have you been watching? I'm uh, only asking you because you always say I don't fucking ask you what have you been watching. Okay, uh, I d- watched a few things. Uh, I watched Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, oh, exclamation cool. point. Did you go um, again? Did I go? No, I haven't. Ah, um, I actually, I liked it. I, I like, it was, it was like, it's it's cheesy it's and corny, but so is the first one. Let's not pretend it's not an Abba people... Fox musical with like the B-side tracks, you know? <laughs> Did they sing the King Kong song? No, they didn't. I'm not interested. They did fuck not. Off. Um, I, a couple of sprints. Lily James kind of commits. She's yeah. Really I was, good in that. I feel like I was one of the only critics that didn't. Love this movie. Like oh, I'm, really? so, I'm quite surprised at how overwhelming the response has been. Yeah, people are uh, loving I, it. I, I, yeah, that, I think that's like hyperbolic the wrong way. I think it's good. I don't think it's yeah. amazing. It's, it's a lot of blatant like, oh, you just have no soul if you don't like this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like we'll have one line of dialogue, and that one line of dialogue has a line in the song. So let's just play the song now. You're yeah, like, and I thought the, the Waterloo song was so pointless. And <sighs> and sure, like and this this yeah. is like sacrilege to say, but you could cut sure from that movie entirely, and absolutely nothing think, will change yeah. except the running time. Yeah, but and I agree. You would not have as much share. Lily James, I was like, you 
like your commitment to this belongs in a better movie. Yeah. You really like went all out and she's yeah. the only reason that movie she's is. She's continually surprising yeah. me in a lot of stuff. She's kind of like crept up on me as an actor. I'm kind of like, shit, I think I need to pay more attention. Is she the one playing young Meryl Streep? Yes. Yes. Cool. That's yes. correct. Uh, the whole future plot could, like you see, what's, What's dumb is like the past plot, we know everything already. That's and it. the future plot, nothing really happens except yeah. some bad weather they fix at the end. It's just like <laughs> there's no actual plot to the movie, but I didn't mind it. I had some fun and I thought, yeah, it's like a fun, silly one. Yeah, I had fun with it purely because I was like, this is terrible. So I'm just <laughs> going to enjoy how bad this is. Like, could it get worse? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Insecure, the HBO show, season three just started. Oh, cool. I fucking cool. love that. Have you, has anyone seen this one? Nope. So good. It's exceeding. It's um, Issa Rae. She's like a black um, African-American creator from like this very specific part of love Los Angeles. And she's written the show just basically set in this area in this world, but the writing on it's really good. And the actors they've picked are phenomenal. And there's this really great, basically like the core relationship is her and her best friend uh, played by Yvonne Orgy, who no one will know, but I'm not even <laughs> dropping that there. Uh, it's a really fucking good show, really funny. And uh, it's really gorgeously shot too. They actually, okay. like, you know, I mean, we joke about, you know, they're like the usual thing is like, Oh, the city isn't the other character in the thing. <laughs> But they kind of do it really well in Insecure. Yeah. Um, I watched a movie called Such Good Pe- Such Good People because I'm trying to watch screwball comedies and I'm making a screw I'm making a gay screwball comedy, so I'm yep. watching there. But this is a it's billed as a screwball com- a gay screwball comedy mm-hmm. done in that old style. And it's got Michael Urie um, oh, and okay. the lead blonde kid from Queer as Folk, the US one. Um, Randy, yes. I know who, I can Harrison. see his face. Yeah. 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 And they're like a couple and they house it for these rich people who are off somewhere who then die and then they find a million dollars in the wall and then people want the money. So it's like a plot-driven thing with like a romance as the mm. B-plot. It's really cheap. It's a really <laughs> cheap movie. Michael Urie deserves better than that because yeah. he's a really good – I think he's a really, really good uh, lead. But, you know, it was it was fine. It was, it was fine. Um, I watched The Spy Who Dumped Me. Oh, yeah. How was it? Yeah. I loved it. I loved Thank it. Thank you. It was, I, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it's such a disservice that it opened right next to Mission Impossible. Yeah. yeah. Really bad. Because <laughs> yeah. I thought you I, I feel like they're doing it as a joke, but that's a, just a well, terrible joke. Well, I think they joke. did it because they're d- like, that's for men, Spider Dump is for women. Um, and I think the problem is, is that the audience of those are a lot closer than they like, think. Than because Spider Dump was surprisingly. Action driven yeah, and action very very violent. Were really and this like like I remember when the first because I was expecting it to be like the heat. Yeah, where like the action's like it's there and it happens and it's fun and but it's 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 kind of just very paint by the numbers. But I'm like, oh shit, they're like throwing stunt people like ten feet. Yeah. In the, you know the car chase in Paris, and then the guy hits on the bike at the back of the bike and he flows. And that was real. That was a stunt performer flying. I was like, shit. And the sound design was like it hit me like a like it hit really hard like from the first set. Yeah, and like Kate McKinnon like impales someone and you're like yeah. wow yeah like i was not expecting that yeah, so yeah. I was, and it was really good and yeah. really funny i thought it was it deserves so much better than what it got yeah which is such a shame and female directors yay yeah um but totally. i i i liked it a lot i had a lot of fun with it um i watched uh sorry i've watched a lot this week uh new york new york scorsese's musical with liza minnelli oh really oh yeah <laughs> oh really <laughs> It's Ooh. terrible. <laughs> Have you seen it? No. No. It it is this movie is two hours and thirty seven minutes long, and it's supposed to be this musical. And the posters are all like this lovely. It's basically like La La Land before La La Land. Yeah. And the only thing you can say from that is like Scorsese shoots these like jazz musicians playing on a stage scene, and I'm watching that. I'm like, oh, that's exactly where Damien Chazelle got all of his cuts and shots <laughs> from for Whiplash and for La La Land. 
But this movie is just three hours of Robert De Niro harassing Liza Minnelli. It, like <laughs> an Im- improvised harassment and gaslighting and seeing how loud he can yell at her. Yeah, we had a conversation. Like, yeah. It's so bad. Like it, it's into- There's a one point towards the end where uh, Liza gets a solo number and it's great. It's like when the world is around and it's like just a shot of her for the whole number and she actually like, I feel like she's not even acting really well in the other scenes, but in that scene it's just her alone and she it's Liza. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then they do this, like, she, as her story, she gets a role in a movie and she does a movie and they show, like, a basically, like, a highlight reel of this fake movie within the movie. And I'm like, that's the better movie <laughs> <laughs> than what I just sat through. Uh, it's 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 my least favourite Scorsese to date. I'm trying all to right. work through Scorsese stuff. Yep. Um, and then to all the boys I love before on Netflix. Ooh, I cool. need to see this. Fucking yeah, gorgeous. Really great. It's it. so good. And the story's not, like exceptionally revolutionary but it's shot uh have you seen uh me and Earl the dying girl yes you know how that's yeah. like shot really specifically it's yeah. not just like oh let's just film scenes like it to all the boys is like shot like that which i'm like begging for in movies and it was the one mm. thing i hated about set it up on mm. netflix is it was a really yeah. good story really good actors and it was just shot so, so bland. yeah and this is the opposite of that it's shot so fucking the technical well. forms the story yeah. really well yeah hopefully yeah. i will get a chance to see it but my wife has already watched it twice without me Oh. I've like gone out for the night, come back, and she's like, "I watch it again. It's amazing." And I'm like, "Thanks." You, know? Peter, you might you might be able to get a third viewing out of it. Okay, think, well that's yeah, possible. Hopefully, yeah. you tell a third time's a charm. You'll missed something. Ah, <laughs> so, there we go. But uh, really, really good. So, Josh, what have you been? Oh, oh no, we'll go to Peter. We'll go to Peter. What have you yeah, watched? fuck. What Josh. can you say that you've watched? Because you'll you'll have under What's embargo. No, right? I'm under no embargo at the moment. Oh, so okay, Monday, I saw Mile Twenty Two. Ah, yes. How was it? like it was one of those ones where. Three quarters of it, I'm like, we've seen all this before. Peter Berg has done much better. He's also done much worse. Battleship, but that's... Um, oh, oh, oh. You might be surprised when we get to a top five um, list. But, and then the the ending of it, because it was basically set up for sequels, like before it even opened. So they've just... Mile 23 of, and Mile yeah, 24. Yeah, like they've made it as a movie that they want a sequel for. Really? So when it comes to the end, they give you the most interesting aspect of the story and then it just shut, like wraps up. And you think, <sighs> you're not probably not going to get another one because... Because crazy made, Asians well, beat your ass. Yeah, like it hasn't office. made a lot of money. <laughs> and after a while, you're just like, there's only so many action sequences we can watch before. It's like we've seen all of this before. And you give Ronda Rousey a role... Not a great actress, but you give her a role and don't even get her to fight anybody. Wait, like, really? Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? Like, because it was yeah, like it was made as a project for her, and then Mark Wahlberg got involved and it comes in and he's like, no and he's women. Like, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she got downgraded and he took the lead, and she just does nothing. And you think, why are you even here? Like, yeah. That's so that wasn't great. Oof. And. I saw Searching, which is amazing. Oh, really? Yes. Because I'm yes. really wary about the format. Yeah, I was I'm skeptical, really... and after a while, I completely forgot that okay. I was even watching it through a screen. Like, it's that's good. really, really well done. So, better than Unfriended, got it. Yes. Because <laughs> that's honestly the, my only concern. I was like, ooh, but I've seen Unfriended. Yeah. I love no, that- but this one is, like, it, I don't know, it feels kind of organic in a way. Like, you know how a lot of those movies, yeah. the, well, we found footage, they're always holding the camera when you think... Drop Just it. drop it and run. This <laughs> yeah. one, yeah. the way they do it, it really works for that format. Um, and I was, yeah, I was super impressed. Okay. And Sue, like, really got really emotional at the beginning. Really? And mm. then got 
really like tense and I'm like, okay. I'm actually super invested in what's happened to this girl. So, okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. 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 I love that searching and crazy rich Asians are both one and two at the box office. Yeah. They both beat mile 22 Mark Wahlberg movie, which if anyone doesn't remember or doesn't know, Mark Wahlberg, uh, blinded a guy in a hate crime, beat the shit out of him because he was Asian. Oh my god, I yeah. forgot. That's and amazing. I love yep. that crazy yeah. that two Asian led movies have been justice at the box office. Yeah, it's just yeah I do want to point out when I said that's amazing. That was the part I meant was amazing, not, not the word. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> beat an Asian guy. That's amazing. No, um, the fact that Asian movie Asian led yeah. films are beating him right now. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then this morning I watched You Were Never Really Here. <gasps> I'm dying to see. Is it good? It's really good. Okay, it's, I um, haven't seen a Lynn Ramsey film but yeah it's mm. it's not a pleasant no, no. anyway <laughs> yeah. like but i was and you know it's like 88 minutes and just you're never like there's never a moment that you're like okay i've kind of checked out like it was yeah oh, and i'm like good. if that was released like around the award season joaquin phoenix would be like absolutely yeah like a top contender yeah, yeah. yeah. I, wasn't it an award season thing from last year in america and then we just got such a horrible yeah like i think it's it, on dvd it was like yeah february it was like early like it so. debuted last year at like venice or toronto or yeah. something and then it got released in america in april yeah uh, that's like yeah. just this yep. nothing release and now we're i mean i'm surprised we're getting a cinema release i'm very happy that it's yeah but i don't know how many people are going to see it but it's yeah, I would recommend mm. it very much. So yeah, well, yeah. I think that's the problem is that when they delay releases like that, everyone who's interested in that kind of movie has torrented it. Yeah, right now. that's why. Like I've tweeted Boots Riley this morning about yeah. Sorry to Bother You for Sorry to Bother You. Yeah. Oh yeah, no yeah. fucking release date and eighth grade and eighth grade. Yeah, I'm yeah. dying yeah. for both of those because I know that's going to be torrented here. A yeah. Lot. Oh, to to bugger is just, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, uh, chance though, what it was have we done you? Yeah, we've done me. I was the first. Josh, one. sorry, Hi, Josh. Right. What have you been watching? All right, so what I've been watching, I watched The Meg. Oh, yes. I love dumb shark movies, and this is right up my alley. It is. Uh, Have you seen uh, mm. Shark Attack 3 Megalodon? No. Oh, How about yeah. I take you home and eat your pussy? The great. <laughs> Wait, why? Oh, no. no. We're in the past. The, the story behind that line is even better. Like, oh, well, the fact no, tell me the story. What I mean. Yeah, well, the actress was like terrible, and she was giving no emotion. Like, she just kept. Every scene was just like monotone, I remember monotone, that monotone. Much, yes. So the director went up to. John Barrowman, and was like, just say something ridiculous and say it completely straight-laced because she's guaranteed, you're guaranteed to get a reaction out of her. (laughs) So that's why he said that line, Wow, no reaction. But he was like, we'll just leave it in there because it's just exactly (laughs) what this film needs. It's the only thing I know from that. I'm so wiped. How about I go home and eat your pussy? (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, So the Meg, yes. Yes, um, it has some... Like, or actually a lot of egregious exposition, but the, <laughs> I think you would agree, man. Yes. You've seen it. Yeah. Really egregious exposition. Um, but I do love just the How much exposition dumb... does. It's a giant fucking shark need. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. In the there is. All right. I'll spoil it. But it's, there's, you know, you're meant to be experts in their field and they need to be told what. Like like shark like cutting off shark finning is like 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 you know when they they're like wait why is it don't why do they have fins like they, they cut off their fins and throw them back in the ocean to eat and it's oh. like you are like marine experts why don't you notice yeah but then it's like you know it's a marine team that's got Ruby Rose and like so you Jason Statham you sort of think, side side unrelated yeah. and this is going to be tangent I because I was just like googling your stuff to see like if I could read you you. you critiques so if i can reference them or something like yeah. that and you did an interview with ruby rose i did which I is did fucking indeed. cool i mean she's st- 
stunning in person. <laughs> mm. like, oh, wow. And was really, really, like, really friendly. I mean, I remember walking into that room going, I'm so out of my league here because <laughs> she was just sitting, you know, straight, had her, you know, was focused and I walked in and there's, like, eight other people in the room all completely silent. She introduced herself. I'm like, that's really cool because I yeah. know who you are but you're introducing yourself. Yeah. And then you sit down and it's, like, moved to the left, move to the right, move your head. And I'm like, oh, I have no idea what's going on right yeah. now. And then just we'll wrap you up. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, and yeah. did it. And it's like one of those things where I'm super nervous. And then when it happens, everything just goes away. Oh, and I was like, cool. that's really cool. Yeah. And then I met Anna Camp and Brittany Snow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so that was oh. like, the, that was like a that's great, cool. <laughs> great press tour for that one. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Anyway, sorry. sorry the name drop later. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Again, another cyber. Um, so yeah, Jason Seven utilizes his Commonwealth games diving skills a lot. If you don't know. Was he, he a is. diver? I thought he was a soccer player. No, he's in no, the Commonwealth diver. Huh. I thought he was just English. I don't no, know. It's, it's, it's English. Vinnie Jones was a soccer Vinnie player. Jones yeah. was a soccer player. I can see how you get those two confused, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm perfectly okay with people slamming this movie. I understand that. Like, I understand its faults to a T, but I really had a good time. Um, like you also, I also watched The Order Boys I Love Before. Yeah. I think we've said enough about the movie. It's beautiful. Um, and then I've been watching Sharp Objects, which is... Oh, I've been hearing all sorts of good things about that show. It is amazing. I love the novel. It's Gillian Flynn's debut novel. And oh, okay. The way so, yeah, they, Gone Girl, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say she wrote Gone Girl and also wrote the screenplay for Gone Girl. Um, she also writes the screenplay for... for Widows. I am so keen for that mm. one. <sighs> yeah. Sorry. And she wrote the screenplay <laughs> for Sharp Objects as well. And it is... It, Every episode? I think she co-writes every episode, okay. at least wow. is involved heavily. How um, is it that Jason Blom is a producer on that show? That's just bizarre Yeah, it's pretty me. funny. I saw his name crop up. I'm like, really? All right. Um, but the adaptation is exquisite. The is editing cinematography is exquisite to die for. Um, Amy Adams should win every award. I just want her to win really? every award. Like she is. I used to, oh, sorry. All right. Do you think it's better that they made it a TV show? Like, yes. do you think it? Yeah, okay. Because I, I feel like... The way they're incorporating or the way they're framing flashbacks and like building character works so well in yeah. this format, especially on a HBO TV show. If they did it in a movie, they would cut out too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's if you have HBO or have access to like the Fox Cell, go on now thing, watch it like yeah. you do. Yeah, I do. Free, so. Yeah, just go for it. Like, I have to give it a go. It is exquisite. And, but read the novel first, actually. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's on Audible. I've got an Audible subscription. Yeah, yeah, well. I'll be it. fine. Because <laughs> the novel and the t- show so far is heartbreaking. I still need to finish the t- final two episodes, but I heard they mm. oh, yeah. It blows um, up Twitter every time a new episode comes out. It just yeah. blows up film. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've been managing to avoid it somehow. Like, even I know what happens, I was just like, I don't want to know what happens in the show because I'm like, it's still yeah. different. Mm. So, yeah. And lastly, I watched Hot Fuzz again. Uh, I was just like, <laughs> my girlfriend's like, I haven't seen it. I'm like, you need to see it. <laughs> And I was just like, that's a great time. You make her watch it or you cut her out of your life. She listens to this too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Jamila. <laughs> anyway, and that's it for me. Cool. So, awesome. So we, we'll be talking about our main topic in just a bit. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hello, we're back and we are talking critics versus filmmakers today. So Peter Gray, tell us a little bit about yourself. About myself. Uh, so I've been writing for... Eight years now. Oh, wow. I Ooh. have a journalism degree, so I'm like, you know, I've got the stuff to back it up. But it took <laughs> me about five years to actually. Wait, you're telling me you're not like a just like a 12 year old who just film themselves. I in have a YouTube channel, like put it on YouTube, and you're you're a film critic. <laughs> yeah. Now. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I took me about five years to get from getting my degree to actually getting a job in writing because it's oh, wow. the hardest industry. <laughs> of course. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> We're already starting the battle. This is where the battle begins. <laughs> um, Who has it harder? <laughs> so, yeah, started writing for Q News, which is based here in Queensland. And then um, from there just went to all the different screenings I went to, just met more people and sort of networked and then started writing for other websites and now I'm writing for four websites now. And also well, Brisbane um, so Easter. Brisbane Easter, The Iris, which is based in Sydney, and This Is Film, which is just a bunch of film guys that just like to talk about movies. <laughs> and I was writing for Hush Hush Biz, but I'm no longer writing for them. So. Oh, why do I know that? Oh, they do like local filmmaker things. Yeah, and they do a lot of like events and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um. Yeah, so Brisbane East is the latest one, and Q News is sort of my home. That's good. Well, thank you for coming on. And no, thank you for having so me. So, I guess the first thing is what's the point of film criticism? There is there no is point. Not. True <laughs> <laughs> Remember, there are three of us and one of you. You're swimming with sharks, boy. <laughs> so, what's the point? Of, what, do, what do we think the point of film criticism is? I've got notes, but I want to hear your thoughts, Seth. Oh. Well, I, I think it's important to critique anything because mm. you don't learn if it's not being critiqued. Yeah, it's always a learning experience and growth. Mm. You need to fail to be able to grow. Yeah. So. But also, like, the, the chief point is, like, to point audiences yeah, to, to, what, yeah. to watch. Mm. And, yeah. and, 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 I mean, because that's, like, like the base function of why it's there is because... And I always forget that this is a thing because when I go to the movies, I'm, like, I'm going to the movies on Sunday to see this one at this time. I don't know. There are people who just walk in and go, let's go to the movies. Oh, yeah, what's on that one? And then they just point to whatever and they just yeah. show up. That's to weird. be fair, that is how I saw in Bruges. It's, 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 it has its time. Sometimes but it people who like their entire movie going experience is just a whenever and whatever's on. But see, then they're the same people who, when you go and see a musical, they're always like, is this a musical? When someone starts singing, yeah. and you're like, yep. shut up. It's a musical. They yes. advertise as a musical. <laughs> I'm, I can't stand commentary during my movies right. it frustrates I, I went and saw when I saw the first raid in cinemas it was an amazing movie to see in cinemas but there were these two brotastic idiots <laughs> oh, of about three rows behind me oh did you see that I'm like yes we're in the same cinema <laughs> just oh. and actually no the worst one is um, I've done a couple like film festival screenings and some absolute wankers mm. want to like wax poetic about things yeah yep. I did, that happened when I saw Ex Machina and they were like deconstructing it as I'm watching. I'm like, can I just not experience this one? Um, and then I saw like a, a, a locally, not locally, it was like Melbourne made feature. And there was just, just utter wankers. And then they did a Q&A afterwards. And then they were asking the wankiest frigging uh, questions. It was just, it was, it was, it was kind of painful. It was kind of painful. So it should have been like uh, filmmakers versus wankers. <laughs> or filmmakers yeah. versus what audiences. What is the point of wank? <laughs> <laughs> um, I also think it's like an, an, uh, it open film criticism opens the discussion to more than just did you like it or did you not? Because yeah. art mm. is kind of art, quote unquote art, but it's film and stuff is made to be consumed, yeah. like like food. It's it's and food criticism, it's sort of like maybe like the the pre film criticism, film criticism. The, the discourse is important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then I think it helps you know for filmmakers to because I know a lot of big like. Um, What's the name? Jean-Luc Godard. All the French New yeah. Wave people. They were all critics before. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Truffaut, Godard, yeah. Godard yeah. and 
Oh, I can't remember his name. He made uh, anyway. Uh, he's, it's Tar- and then they influenced Tarantino directly. So there is this direct path from film criticism to filmmaker. The Tarantino is also hugely influenced by Pauline Kael. Oh, right. um, yeah, yeah. He he always quotes her reviews on stuff. He said like he he found Pauline Kael's reviews of Godard's to be more almost more influential than Godard's <laughs> movies. Oh wow, and that kind of thing. Um, and, and I think it helps people who aren't film savvy to kind yeah. of feel a bit better. Do you, do you, do you find anything? Um, I don't know. It's like one of those things that you, you know, critics say a film is good, but then, you know, not everyone's going to agree with it. And you sort of look at it as there are some films that are really hard to deny how good they are, but you might not personally like it. Yeah. And that's okay. I think yeah. you've got to learn this thing that if you don't like something, you don't have to be dragged down because you don't like it. You're like, yeah. Perfect segue. You know, like my opinion is my opinion. And if you don't agree with it, that's okay. Just don't make me feel like a dick because I liked it. And I'm yeah. not going to make you feel like a dick for yeah, not liking exactly. it. People just don't understand subjectivity. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the audience, especially like the, the like Uber fans, like fandoms nowadays, which are like oh. really cancerous. <laughs> in terms of like, they, they go after critics, especially for like all the DC films. And it's like, you really don't, you're missing well, the mark. That's a good segue. Like how do we, how do you measure a film? Like how do you measure if it's good? And tomato meter. And if, and when opinion is divided, like, 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 so a really good example is Mother that came out last mm. year. And this is like solely the re- like one of the reasons, because I was trying to, I was like, we need a film critic on. And I just Googled Brisbane film critics and someone had like amalgamated everyone's top 10 list. And so I was going through their top 10 list and judging everyone. And then yours came <laughs> and I saw at least like, I was like, oh, you got Paddington, you got Miss Sloan, you got Mother and Get Out. Like, okay, right, this guy, who is this guy? And I was like, <laughs> you is oh, perfect. Because <laughs> yeah. um, Mother was a really interesting case where that just split people down the middle. Like, and that wasn't even like critics and audiences. It was no. like right down the middle. Yeah, I think the problem with Mother that was like they did the advertising campaign was brilliant because mm. we knew nothing about this movie until basically it debuted at Venice. All the trailers were just showed. I love the one where it was like, just words over black. Like, yeah, there was like very little. And then what people did see, it was like, this is a Jennifer Lawrence haunted house movie. That'll be really cool because Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> doesn't do anything you know, not Except like for that less haunted mainstream. house movie in one oh, shot that she uh, did. House at the end of the street. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I think a lot of people thought Jennifer Lawrence, she's, you know, one of the most reliable actresses at yeah. this point. And, you know, we've got, and you've put the director of Black Swan, which should have made people go, wait a minute, Black Swan and Requiem for a Dream are not, yeah, you know, haunted house, not films? regular movies. Yeah. So then Mother came out and I remember seeing it. In at a Sydney screening and was just like floored. Like I remember the yeah. ending of that sitting there, just going, "I have no idea how to process what I just yeah. saw." I ended up seeing that movie three times oh, because wow. I just went. Did you have like, walkouts in that screening? Because I had walkouts in mine. Yeah, people, people left um, at the 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 very intense scene. Yes, the, yeah. No the baby the, scene. Yeah, the cri- <laughs> the critics screening. There was no walkouts. Okay. I think it's pretty rare for critics to yeah. walk out. And this was like. Maybe I guess like, it's their job 10, to- <laughs> 10 people yeah. in the cinema. Like it was, you oh, know, wow. very small. And, you know, initially it was like, give us your first thoughts. And I was like, this movie will piss people off <laughs> so much. Yeah. And then I think I saw it, you know, the, the day it opened, I saw it again and was going, okay, now I'm picking up what every character represents. And, yeah. you know, I was like, oh, it's an allegory for this and this. And yeah. And then I saw it a third time and was like, I know 
exactly who everybody is and I know what this movie is trying to say. And that just made me go, this movie is so good. Yeah. But everyone, uh, the other screenings I saw it in were general screenings and there was no walkouts, but I just heard, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And like, oh, that was stupid. And did you get it? And what was that about? And I'm just like, oh, if you knew what people, what everybody represented, yeah. you'll see that this is so good. And yeah. I was also just like. Also the technical achievement, because that movie is made, like, I mean, this is going to be a long tangent, but mm. uh, that movie is essentially made up of just three shots. There is yeah. over the shoulder, a point of view, and then on her face. Yeah. And the entire, and it's, it's like, it's staggering because they had to choreograph the shit out. Yeah. Of the same way they did Birdman, but Birdman seems more like, yeah. it, everyone can kind of see the you choreography. Can, yeah. Um, but I think Mother is sort of when a movie's made for like a really specific <laughs> audience, yeah. and that's when, and those outside react really badly. We're seeing, we saw it with The Witch. Yeah. Was another good one and yeah. and hereditary, hereditary um, definitely. Uh, well, like it was interesting because you noted in your review, you were like, "Audience, this is going to split audiences yeah, and critics because audiences are not going to like." No, it. hereditary is brilliant. It's like one of my. It's I my think, favorite. At this, my yeah, at this yeah, it's not my number one movie. And again, they advertised that and they did it in a way that made it look relatively mainstream. And for three quarters of that movie, I was like, "This is just a really dark drama about yeah. loss and grief." Dropping little hints, and then those last like fifteen minutes, just like like that was like oh (laughs) yeah. And then I knew like I was like I love this movie. I feel like my friends are gonna love this movie, but I feel like general audiences will again go, "What did I just see?" And that is why it got like a F. Oh no! So mother got an mother got an F score. I believe Hereditary was like like a C or a D. It wasn't very good. Yeah. Audiences um, tend to like, like the ones that get really great grades are something like The Help, which I love. I love The yeah. Help. But like it's the ones that people are very easily able to digest. Yeah. But it's funny because Mother to me, how are they, like I saw all these articles saying like, it's the worst movie ever made and like critics oh, hate really? it. And I'm like, it's like 68% for Rotten Tomatoes. Like, that means more critics love it than not. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you can't say this movie is the worst movie ever made. Mm. And then when Jennifer Lawrence got a Razzie nomination, I just went, I'm no, sorry. The Razzie's lost I was like, she was... So committed to that movie. And I'm also so heartbroken that Michelle Pfeiffer did not get in the mm. Oscar race because to me she just, like, and every what, moment she was on screen. And what's I'm interesting like, about the performance in that movie is because that movie is not a normal narrative. It's no, a dream logic thing. Yeah. To act that is really challenging. And I think they all did they really, all did well, really to well to not go, like, it's like none of this is natural, but they're not going super over the top yeah. either. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was, final act, you're like, that's really hard that, to... That, those lows last, that last set piece, would, I was like, how did how are they not still filming this? That yeah. would have taken you forever to do. It was and then insane. I was surprised, like, I saw that, that the, the baby scene, we'll call it, yeah. and just went, I feel like this movie is just going to get an R rating straight up because of that. Yeah. And then it got released as an MA and I went, well, this is also going to mean 15 year olds can go see it and they're sure as shit not going to like it. No, so, no, no. Yeah. As I probably, someone who has not seen it, I am so confused. Every time you guys because <laughs> the only reason I haven't seen it is because I need time to digest Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. I will watch one. I, I've loved every film of his, but it takes me like two weeks mm-hmm. of buildup. <laughs> two weeks of cool down and you're gonna need it. a lot to process oh well. i figured <laughs> i um, like just watch black swan on a whim <laughs> fuck <laughs> off why would you actually no i watched no because um, i love it i watched I requiem for a dream on a whim and that was an. the only one i don't i don't connect with that one the way everyone seems to yeah. connect with. i can never watch that movie again no no, no neither See, everyone like, called it no. the most depressing movie of all time and i'm kind of like oh, they all deserve it <laughs> <laughs> three quarters of them deserve it like poor ellen burston but even yeah. then 
robbed of an Oscar. Right. Um, but so, uh, so like the the good or bad thing, it's like what you were saying. It's not necessarily that like uh, I think what, what's good, what you seem to understand and what some critics seem to understand is that a movie you don't like doesn't mean it's a bad movie. No. But I encounter ones that do and you're just like, really? Like what, yeah. what is filmmakers too? Like film- mm. filmmakers are the worst ones to bitch about. <laughs> we quality have films a lot of will... oh. people that abuse their position. Yeah. In and like I'm known for dragging the shit out of movies, especially on this Every podcast. time we go to a film festival and we're watching short <laughs> films. Because you cannot go to a film festival without seeing rape as plot device and it just bugs <laughs> the shit out we of me. We didn't last night. Yes, there was. Which one had rape as a plot device? It was in the trailer. Yeah, the, one trailers of the trailers don't count in there all was the a films. I there was count. no rape. Tangents. Um, I, 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 I think some good criticism is when like the intended audience for a movie, or like the intention of the movie, is sort of brought into it. So, like, you know, the people that go to a Michael Bay movie and they're like, it was so loud and there was nothing but action. I'm like. That's like walking to McDonald's and complaining there was no caviar. Like you know, there's no, there's no real. You go to McDonald's and judge the McDonald's on it's meant to be trashy junk food that yeah. people are eating once they're hungover. Did it succeed in that first, and then maybe what the wider audience kind of thing is? Um, I also think like we're getting into this weird place where everything's going very hyperbolic with film criticism. Everyone's oh, incredible. Like with Mother, the worst movie ever made. I blame the no. internet. Yes. Or it's the best yeah, movie. The ever there can't made. be like a meddling like or middle ground. Yeah, anything. There's, there's no middle ground. Um I, I there's a famous film critic named Richard Lawson who writes for a Variety. He hosts a little Goldman podcast. Anyway, yeah, I follow him on Twitter. Um he's entertaining, but then he went on this rant. I don't even like he went on this rant about Birdman and how Birdman is quantifiably the word like a bad movie there is no justifiably uh, subjective thing to do with it i don't even like birdman and i found myself defending birdman because oh, wow. <laughs> i'm like i can, like it obviously it's it's but then he went and i, I was like oh well but whiplash deserved more oscars anyway like, and he's like no no whiplash is bad as well i'm like fuck off oh, it's wow. like the entire no. thing yeah. with like ethan hawk recently about criticizing superior movies I'm like He's allowed to have his opinion. Like that's it. Yeah, people yeah. like really jumped on him, and you're yeah. like, okay, yes, Logan was a great movie, mm-hmm. but if he doesn't like it, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With, with and, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. And plus, that none of them ever actually fully read the full interview and how he elaborated on some things. I'm like, no, he he makes good points that. He justifies, like, yeah, it's fair for you to like that. It's not especially about how he's, like, one of my teachers with Joe Dante and stuff. And, like, I love horror films. And he has good points there. Yeah. Yeah. And people, but people, you know, they see the headline and they're just a human being. See, yeah, that's the thing. I like the details in, in criticisms where they go into details, they go into why. And the problem is we only ever see the headline. That's it. Yeah. yeah. As humans... We all got ADHD and we're like, oh, worst movie ever. Got it. No, well, it's, Locked yeah. into life and never need to read the rest. Also, sites just doing clickbait. Yeah. 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 Clickbait. So, I, I all, blame yeah. the internet. The internet um, is what's ruining it. Well, that's a very good segue into filmmakers versus critics because that's kind of come <laughs> into the news like very recently within the last couple of months, specifically mm. with, um, did anyone hear about what happened with Gotti? what's his name which made me want to watch that movie so much right that kind of really made it so that's the what's his what's the actor's name john travolta Travolta. crime mobster legal movie their their trailer was meant and it was meant to be like his comeback return yeah Yeah. his fifth come he's done enough yeah we're done travolta yeah yeah (laughs) um until they do grease three and they released they had no press screenings i believe and then they just released it and then critics like lambasted it. I think it's, it's I think it's like zero. Yeah, yeah it's I close think, to zero. Yeah. And so then, in reaction to that, 
See, um, well, I'll bring up Mother and T, but in reaction to that, what they did was they released a trailer that says, don't listen to the keyboard warrior behind the thing. Yeah. Do it. Make your own opinion because yeah, like, they're who, evil. Yeah, who are you going to believe? Like the audiences that love it or the trolls that don't? And you're like, but the trolls that don't are the audience because you didn't give critics the chance to see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, and, and Rotten Tomatoes is a big part of the conversation. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes yeah. is um, the big one, especially when it comes to DC and Marvel that everyone fucking knows oh, about. Yeah. But it's weird that with only within like the last year and a half, Rotten Tomatoes scores are now put on posters and they're put yeah. on trailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so, like certified so, fresh and you're like, wow, this is – I think because I remember – they know when, it's not a real certification, right? <laughs> like when uh, the last Pirates movie came out yeah. and that underperformed and Baywatch underperformed and it was all like, this is because of critics. And I said, you know what? No, because there are critics, there are movies that critics have rated maybe 10% and that, that movie can make $500 million. And then you have a movie that's rated like 99% and makes like, Three thousand dollars. So yeah. Like, so you can't say critics affect a movie that think, much. Yeah, like, you're giving yeah. us way too much credit. Yeah. yeah. Like, so it, what you're saying is critics are useless. I love my job. I love my um, job. <laughs> uh, and, and did anyone hear about what happened with uh, that movie? I Kill Giants. Yeah. David, David Ehrlich. Yeah. 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 So uh, he saw this film at a Toronto Film Festival, and he. Trashed I think he was it. just like I hated, like hated in capital letters. Yeah, and he and he went into these really because it affected him personally. There was like a personal thing he'd had with like movies that talk about like parents dying and the kids yeah. doing a fantasy world thing. And then the filmmaker contacted him, and they had a sit down and a conversation about it. And he kind of and David Ehrlich kind of had to step back and go, "We need to understand that." there are people behind these movies. And so it's not yeah, just, yeah. it was just really interesting. There's like two, so that you can read his review and then you read the article he wrote after it, which is almost like his interview with, with the, the filmmaker yeah. for I Kill Giants. And he also that. said that he's, he was just going off of the fact he saw this movie and he was just immediately like my first thoughts when yeah. he was like, I probably should have taken a breath and looked at it, mm. you know, yeah. and gone. So in conclusion, filmmakers equal human. Critics equal scum. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. I, think the, I think the reason why it's coming coming really to the forefront is it's more public with social media. Absolutely, these yeah. things are more public. So even though critics aren't affecting the box office the way we do, critics are more front and center now, and yeah. therefore we're just connecting the two where there isn't a connection. Um, and also, I mean, it, it's happening politically. It's happening everywhere. In that 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 it, it has to be more extreme one way or the other. Mm. I love how like. La La Land, you either had to love it or you had to loathe it. Yeah. Like, I'm one of the people who loved it unabashedly. Yeah. Yeah. But I was okay with someone sort of like, yeah, it was fine. Or it's I just, didn't really like it. I just with the people like, it's the worst movie ever and you're a terrible person for loving it. It's just these <laughs> like, legions. The yeah. Movie. These legions of like disgusting like fan bases that like kind of just discredit both filmmakers and critics. So, like, you can't have what you, you can't like... Yeah, like something middle maybe. Yeah. I, I have to, I have to shamefully admit, I have accidentally partaken in a bit of extreme behavior because I went off at a, um, I think it was a critic. It wasn't even like a film review, but he did this article. It was an Australian one somewhere in Victoria or something like that, and he did this article, this think piece about how Q and A's with filmmakers are ruining movies, and I went off at him. <laughs> really, I like, I really dug in, and I think I really like. <laughs> 
I didn't get blocked. But and he, now he's going to invite you over to have a talk. <laughs> yeah. and you'll find out that he he's is a human. That, yeah, too. he's human. Yeah. He's human too. But it was like a, such. A, it felt like such a filler article. But saying because uh, as someone like me, I learned a lot of my filmmaking stuff from finding those long Q and A's. Oh, absolutely. I'd rather hear a filmmaker talk about how they made a movie because that's where I'm going to be coming from when I approach it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, but I, I think I went a bit too mean on this thing, but I've I've partaken in it too. Um, but I think filmmakers yeah. too. Uh, what was it? I'm trying to follow follow it on my notes. Oh, a really interesting thing that um, Guillermo del Toro brought up recently with his press tour for The Shape of Water is that the discussion around film, and this is not just critics, it's filmmakers too. It's it's not as much about film anymore. And the metaphor he uses is that we kind of focus on the dramaturgy of it a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like if you went to uh, a museum and you saw a Monet painting, and you come home and they're like, "Oh, how was the painting?" Oh well, there were some flowers and some some water and some some grass. Uh, yeah, it was all right. Like I've seen some flowers and waters and grass before, and it's not. That's not how we talk about paintings. We say, "Oh, the brush stroke, the color choice, yeah. and that." And we don't necessarily talk about that in terms of films anymore. Some critics do, some critics don't. Um, and part of me can kind of get it, like especially like for when you're writing for Q News, you have a lot less column inches to to fill. Yeah, um, so they've, you, they've started giving me a bit more, but yeah. like it is very like I've got to get right to the point. Whereas yeah. you know Brisbane Easter or the Iris or this is film, we can just yeah have at it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and yeah. I was kind of digging into your, your hereditary view, and you're kind of getting into a lot. Like you won't get yeah. into too much. No, <laughs> oh, no yeah. That, I mean, that was a difficult movie because I was like, I don't want to yeah. say like I, like when I approach a movie to review, I actually don't really say too much about the plot. I kind of go, this is maybe this kind of review. Yeah. Maybe yeah. like a little paragraph on the basis of the plot. And then I just talk about, you know, the history and what I thought about what I thought of this and that. And all. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I don't like critics that spoil, spoil stuff yeah. Yeah. or allude to something. Cause I think there was like when screen four came out, so a review came out and set, um, should we put a spoiler uh, warning? Uh, I still spoiler alert. It. Oh. oh, wait. Oh, really? Oh. Well, okay. Well, basically they told you who the killer was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. So when you went into it, you go, well, I'm going to be looking at this person yeah. differently. Yeah. And you think that takes like half the fun of those movies is going, oh, I wonder who yeah. did it. It reframes you know? an outer And Screen 4 admittedly had a decent, you know, reveal. Oh, I, I, like, I really wow. like Screen 4. Like, yeah. I really liked it. Um, but I think it's coming from filmmakers too. We're seeing some filmmakers kind of chasing – they're almost chasing the reviews of inspiring stories rather than like good filmmaking. So it's something like, and it cops a lot of flack and I've dragged it before, but the imitation game I find is a very, it hits, it ticks all the boxes and that's kind Mm. of all the movie does. And there's nothing unlike mother. There's nothing to challenge you as a movie. Yeah. Movies movies that are nothing but Oscar. Oscar Mm. And I think the thing that filmmakers need to understand is film critics don't want to see a bad movie. No, no or one if, goes in yeah. wanting to. See, well, uh, no, we go to the room. No one wishes the movie to be bad. We go, to yeah. Mortal you go to the room. Or, yeah, or if you want to see a bad movie, like make this the best bad movie so yeah. that we can have. Yeah. Like, you don't want to see a movie that's bad that you're just like, I'm bored as shit right yeah. now. You want to see a bad movie where you just go, I'm having so much fun because yeah. it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly it's like right. it's like you'd like want to go see Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but you wouldn't <laughs> stick around for Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> um, just an inside joke that inside, only one person uh, who's not on microphone will get. And, and, and another thing, another good thing with critics i think that a lot of film because a lot of it's this thing like filmmakers like oh the critics don't understand they um, and i i've gone there too i've like film critics should have to make a film before they can critique one but then i'm like no no it shouldn't be and critics have like a lot of power to champion little films too that people yeah, don't know do. mm. that's you know part of the reason why a ladybird can end up maybe getting a wide release is because it's the 
best reviewed film ever, like mm. on Rotten Tomatoes, you know? So what does the future of film criticism look like? Uh, YouTube videos of 12-year-old boys. <laughs> we want to hope it's... Because yeah. It's, yeah. we're kind of on that far end of the spectrum of it. It Like there's a lot of noise and 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 the the good ones are kind of few far between the the big one being cinema sins which oh, you know, they're not you like don't know it. about cinema sins I like that no, no. don't google it and save yourself the trauma yeah. okay. it's not criticism like every, I love Jordan no, Roberts it's not, take down on yeah, it it's not film criticism every video there is everything wrong with insert movie uh, title here in so many okay, minutes or yeah, less. yeah I mean I've heard of yeah yeah okay. and they've done it on like Get Out and you're like. And, and they list, like, the problem like, is, is they list things that aren't even problems that are yeah, explained okay. in the movie. And then they're like, it's comedy and like satire. I'm like, they no, try it's and not. dress it up as satire. But you're just not. basically just being because mean Because you watch videos movie. of those those guys on like, they do like vlog stuff for supplementary material. Yeah. And they very clearly believe the shit they're saying about yeah. Oh, really? movies. Yeah. Yeah. They just. Mm. Uh, but I love the fact that like pretty much most of the movie going internet has gone against cinema since now. It's now, but, but only because people like Jordan Vogt Roberts and, yeah. and filmmakers, like big people are kind of really, really pushing them back yeah. and taking them down a peg, but they still get every video they release dropped, gets like at least three, four, five million uh, views within oh, the first cause, cause two fans, or three days. Their fans don't hear, like they don't believe yeah. all like, the tape. Yeah, it's, all. it's, it's thing. I wor- and I worry things like that really start devaluing professional critics, especially ones like you who've mm. gone and done like a fucking degree yeah, I was like, yeah, I've got, yeah i mean you know there you are know people how to write that, copy <laughs> you know there are people that i mean it's one of those things where you're like anybody can be a critic as such and i've just put those in yeah air quotes um because you know it's like you have a thought and you have social media you're it's a critic there. and yeah. you sort of go okay in some ways you are but i sort of look at it as but if you're not work i was like if you're not working for like a publication or you I don't know, just don't have like credentials. I just sort of think you're just someone who's got an opinion. I don't think you should call yourself like a critic. Yeah. 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 yeah, That's exactly right. Um, I I worry where it's going to go, but who knows? (laughs) Shorter, shorter critics that are just, it's so like they're, they're like they're they're good. people who are shorter, like physically. Yeah, physically shorter. <laughs> no, was, who was the guy who did the TV show, The Critic? Wasn't he like impossibly short? He was yeah, a cartoon yeah, yeah, character, yeah, yeah. but. Okay. Um, I'm I'm kind of more interested in how the critic filmmaker relationship moves forward because I think with that we're seeing like the touches with like the David Ehrlich thing. I'm I'm kind of interested to see where that goes. Like there was this great panel. It's oh, it's, it's like a I think it was like Charlie Rose or something. Ugh, bad person to bring up now, but um, uh, it it was like an end of the year best films and they had like a bunch of film critics and then they had Tarantino <laughs> and it was a really interesting Tarantino's panel. lists are always just like <laughs> yeah. yes what Tarantino. was funny is he included. Um, on this list, everyone was talking about, um, it was funny because all of their list had like Chasing Amy on it and stuff like that. This was from that year. Um, and it was the year he did Jackie Brown. So it was really interesting because okay. they brought up Jackie Brown while he was there. It was kind yeah. of this interesting thing. But um, he brought up uh, My Best Friend's Wedding as one of his favorites. Oh, and wow. you could see these critics like roll their eyes and go, yeah. are you kidding me? That's one of the best rom-coms ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I want more stuff like that, like more like actual interaction between critics and yeah. filmmakers. I think that would be a really It'd interesting... be interesting to see if there's like a new French new wave coming along where the lines more blurred, where all those critics became filmmakers. <gasps> and now they're like filmmakers working with critics and stuff. Because oh. you remember that old uh, website I used to watch, Spill.com, where it was yeah, for... Yeah, because yeah. yeah, one of them went off and made... Oh, fuck. Which horror film was it? It was one of the ones with Ethan Hawke. Sinister? 
I think so. Yeah, is that the no, one in the no, house? No, no, the... Scott Derrickson did that. Mm. Or Sinister Two? Did he do Sinister? No, no, two? no. He he wrote. He was the uh, one of the writers. Oh, on the, first oh. the writer of Sinister. Yeah. Um, H. Robert Cargill. No. Yeah, yeah. H. Oh, Robert Cargill. H. Robert Cargill. Yeah. Yeah. His oh, name wow. Was, yeah. His name was Carlisle. He wrote Doctor Strange. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. He wrote Doctor Strange. He works as Scott Derrickson. Scott Derrickson. Yeah. So he he was a critic beforehand. He was he was literally one of my favorite critics when I was in high school. Wow. And then he wrote Sinister, and then he wrote Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah. Is it, it's, it's, I'm like, I literally no, own it on Blu-ray. It's, it's on my, my critic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and Peter Bogdanovich was a critic before he was a filmmaker as yeah. well. Um, but anyway, so that's that's kind of like a good place to end. So we've got our top five, and I thought it'd be interesting to see top five hmm. movies you love that were critically panned, mm. which I found was a little bit harder for me to kind of find when I was kind of doing my googling. Are you still googling, Chancellor? Do you want me to no, go? No, no, I'm good. You're good. <laughs> okay, we'll go you, Chancellor. Then, Who, what's your top five? All right. So, oh well, I didn't open. My notes. There we go. All right. So I've got my top five. So number five will be uh, Boondock Saints because it it's was seen because the DVD you lent me is cropped in. It's like it's letterboxed you... on a four by three format. So when I watch it on a 16 by nine TV, it's a tiny fucking box in the middle of my movie. And I cannot live with that. Then you go zoom. And, and it doesn't zoom it enough. Cent- it doesn't oh, really? zoom it enough. It's too small. It's too well, small. Well, I'll buy it on DVD just for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's got a 20%. I've added all the Rotten Tomato scores from critics, at least. I should have done that. And Boondock yeah, Saints had a 20% from critics. Really? Uh, but I genuinely love that film. It is really fun uh, and very violent. Uh, my number four is Batman Forever. It has a 37% wow. on Rotten Tomatoes. Re- that's one of the really good ones. I agree. <laughs> it was uh, Joel Shoemaker's first one. And due to a recent review, I watched and rewatching the film recently. I never realized how gay that movie is. Oh, it's yeah. Joel movie, Shoemaker. There is literally a scene where the two villains are on a dressed scale of, as On a scale of one to Nightmare on Elm Street 2, though, how gay is it? Okay, it's not Nightmare on Elm Street 2 gay. <laughs> is it? I think, and then Batman and Robin is like super but, gay. Yeah, because so this is when they nipples. Nipples. Yeah. like yeah, that's <laughs> bat nipples. Uh, number three with thirty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes is Southland Tales, which oh, God. honestly, anyone who doesn't like that movie, I will not argue with. I completely probably agree, but it was such a bizarre and interesting experience the first time I watched it, and each rewatch I notice more. And when you know the whole what the story is based on, it gets even more interesting. I miss um, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Right. <laughs> teen sex is not a crime. Like, oh, uh, she, was, she had such promise. Where oh. did we all go wrong? <laughs> um, number two uh, is my highest rated on my list with 57%. It is Pauly Shore is Dead. <laughs> It's a, a uh, Paulie Shaw movie that's unlike any other Paulie Shaw movie, specifically. Because it's good? Yes. <laughs> the, the whole story is about how Paulie Shaw kills himself so he can get critical acclaim after his death because <laughs> everyone hates him. And then he ends up getting found out and stuff. And it, it's a genuinely touching movie. And it made me realize that Paulie Shaw is a human. Uh, so that's nice. What? I know, right? I thought he was a weasel. Uh, and my number one, which is unsurprising, with 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, it is Super Mario Brothers. Yes. I specifically oh, tried wow. to avoid something. That takes me back. <laughs> <laughs> I specifically wanted to avoid anything that... Because, like, I love movies that are bad but i love them because they're bad whereas super mario bros is one that i unashamedly unabashedly love unironically uh so that's my number one uh josh what's your top 
Yeah, my top five is interesting again. This is another shark movie, Deep Blue Sea, directed by Rennie Highland. Because Hilary Swank. Um, also, Samuel L. Jackson gives the most rousing speech ever and dies instantly, and it's great and fantastic. I think he, that was his, dumb. like, he specifically asked for that. He's like, if I'm in this movie, he's like, I'm getting eaten by a shark. I think he did, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. That like, sounds like that's what you would do. If I was in a horror movie, I'm like, and, I want to die like a violent and death. Yeah. Poor fucking Skarsgård gets the most overdrawn <laughs> oh, death ever. He's just like, drops back in the ocean, shark grabs him and pushes him against glass. It's crazy. And then they all nearly died in that scene when the glass breaks. Oh, really? Yeah, because oh, wow. they actually flooded the set with like more water than they were anticipating. Like Oof. Thomas Jane nearly like fully died and drowned. And Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas Jane, that was a good tone. <laughs> yeah, I actually have two Thomas Jane movies on here. So. Excellent. Yeah, because I love my Thomas Jane. Uh, number four, I'm going. I'm prepared for the flack for this, but Hog by Ang Lee. I love that movie. That has a love it or hate it kind of a thing. I yeah. That, I remember great. when I first watched I it, I didn't like it, but my dad loved it. He was like, yeah, they really brought like heart and story to the Hulk, which yeah. I didn't know was possible. Yeah, it's like, it's some weird like pseudo poetry to it, but like, it's kind of dumb but like i really just love that movie i'm actually number three is i actually didn't like this movie when it came out but i've grown to appreciate it over time and it's jennifer's body I love like oh yeah it's i so still great. haven't seen it <laughs> i think it's a great yeah. i love diablo cody though i really love that yeah. yeah i think it's a you know, great satirical like genre film like horror film and no probably I, yeah megan fox's best role you. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't disagree with that. Not that weird one where she was an angel and Mickey Rourke was in it, and that made passion, no sense. Passion play. Passion oh, play. that's no. it. <laughs> um, number two is my second um, movie, The Punisher. So Thomas, Thomas Jane, Jane again. Thomas Jane. Yeah. Speaking of John Travolta, John Travolta gets dragged <laughs> in a burning car in that movie. It's great. Um, and number one is David Wayne's um, Wet Hot American Summer because that got dragged to hell. Really? It's, oh. It was a parody. People hated it. Oh, okay. Dragged to hell by critics. I'm like, I love the comedy of that movie. I love everything about that movie. And I love the two Netflix series about it. So I still haven't finished uh, the second series. I haven't watched any of them. I, li- I didn't mind the movie, but yeah. So what have you been watching? My, so, what have I been watching? What have you watching? Yeah. Uh, no, so top top five. I put some honorable mentions here because I thought it was, yeah. in doing my little research, I just thought it was interesting to note that these certain movies kind of got hated by critics and now they're considered classics. The Shining. Yeah. Was loathed by critics. She- speaking of Razzies, Shelley Duvall got a Razzie nomination for that. No way. Really? Yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah. Wait. Wait. And the Razzies only lost favor to you now? Well, that's like a, a mark on it. But I loved it when, like, that the year that, like, Sandra Bullock won the Oscar and won the Razzie, and the day that Hillary, uh, uh, Halle Berry did the same thing. Yeah. That, that's kind of yeah. cool. That's, that's cool. when you sort of go, all right, you, you, you own up to the fact yeah. that you were in bad movies. But at the same time, Halle Berry was like, oh, thanks Warner Brothers for putting me in this piece of shit movie. And you're like, you can take a little bit of responsibility. Yeah. You, were, yeah. you said yes. You were terrible. <laughs> Having said that, I actually do like Catwoman because it's so terrible. Because it's yeah. terrible and you just go, wow, like <laughs> it's just entertaining. Yeah. Like, a cat pukes in her face and oh, then she wakes up. And but they Catwoman. just like oh, ruined that character because Michelle Pfeiffer is like, was- oh. She was a new character. She was not Selena Kyle. No, she Kyle. wasn't Selena Kyle. So in that way you can say you haven't tainted Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah. And then exactly. there was a picture of Selena Kyle in the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. when I was like, Michelle Pfeiffer gives the best performance in that movie and it's a freaking photo of her. <laughs> uh, Eartha Kitt's also in it, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, There's a yeah, photo she of... might be. Yeah, yeah. Eartha Kitt. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Photo. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, interesting. So The Shining, uh, The Wizard of Oz was kind of hated by critics when it came out. I read that doing research uh, And It's this. a Wonderful Life was oh, considered really? absolute oh, crap nice. and sappy and it was only because it got put on TV on loop that everyone, it became this classic. Um, Alien had a really interesting review where the review, <laughs> this is quote, you won't see anything original anywhere in this film. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um, and then my two actual honorable mentions are National Treasure and Cowboys and Aliens. Oh, yeah. National Treasure. National Treasure is so much fun. I Cowboys own, and Aliens yes, is fun. I too. own that and the sequel on DVD. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, and Cowboys and Aliens, I think, is a really great Western and everyone wanted it to be like an action comedy. And so mm. that's where it kind of came wrong. Um, fun. But anyway, my top five, and this is where Peter Berg will come onto this list. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. I like Battleship. Yeah. I actually, unironically, I had, I, and it might have been the circumstances in which I saw it. I watched it like on my birthday. We were just out. We went and saw a movie. I just had a lot of fun. I thought, and but I thought it did a couple of things that that genre doesn't necessarily do where it's centered. The people who kind of saved the day were the old disabled veterans, mm. which I was like, oh, it's not the hot chick with the shirt coming off and then the guy like it was it was the veterans that kind of saved the day yeah um i thought it put taylor kish in he did some comedy in that movie and i was like oh he's way better at comedy than he is at drama <laughs> way better <laughs> which is never he's just never had the chance no 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 um except in battleship and, visu- <laughs> and visually there were like a couple of things in there that like there were some longer takes it was a lot less over edited than those, than those typical movies, and I really I just really had fun with it. Um, so yeah, that's that's my number five. Number four is Speed Racer. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, why yes. did I not have Speed Racer on there? Speed I Racer. fucking the love Wachowskis are, with the exception of Jupiter Ascending, really fucking groundbreaking. I try. I really wanted to like Jupiter yeah. Ascending. Yeah. I, 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 I went, went in there. Yep. I was ignoring reviews. I was ignoring everything. I'm like, I don't care. I love everything they do. I'm just going to go in and experience it. And I was like, I can't like. This. And I yeah. And I was like, I really like Mila Kunis. Channing Tatum became like I was like after. Uh, when I saw 21 Jump Street, I'm like, oh, he's yeah. quite... And then Foxcatcher, right. I went, dude, you're an amazing actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, you know, yeah, going in, just no no preconceptions. And then it just, it just, just like, it was just work. a dog shit of a movie. Yeah. And then Eddie Redmayne, I'm like, what the hell happened there? So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but Speed Racer is great. And oh, formally absolutely. speaking, it's like mind-blowing. Um, number three is Hook. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Hook yeah. is... I have never from... I've never understood the hate that Hook gets. I absolutely adore it. I saw it as a kid. I mean, but Robin Williams is like my favorite actor, so yeah. maybe that's why. But I, I watched that movie and I cannot see. Maybe it runs a little long. I don't know, but like, I don't see any moment where I'm like, "Oh, this is a shit." Movie. I feel like I need to rewatch because I've I haven't seen Hook in a very long time. And as a kid, it was one of my favorite movies. Right? But I keep reading all these articles about it, and I was like, "Oh, it wasn't actually really well received." And in my yeah. mind, I thought yeah, it was no, this no, no, massive no. blockbuster. Yeah, yeah mm. that's exactly right. Yeah, you know, you're, about to fact, you're like, "Fuck, really?" Yeah. Um, number two is Get Over It. Uh, which oh my I, god! You've seen Get Over It. I own Get Over It. This is oh. Josh. What is happening? I have. I have. Every time I tell people that, no, no one's heard of it. Critics. No one West, knows it. When he was a thing. Oh, is this funny? Cisco was in it. Cisco. Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. Was in it. Colin Hanks. Uh, ben Foster. Yes, before he was. And like, Zoe Saldana. Yes. And Martin Short. And Vitamin the- C. Yeah, 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 yes, <laughs> yes. Doing the opening wow. and closing numbers. Oh. Holy sh- you were like the- only the second person in my life I've ever met <laughs> who has seen and that movie. I saw that t- movie twice in the cinemas. You saw it in the cinemas? Yes. <gasps> I came across it as like a- it was like on sale for like a dollar when a video store was getting yeah. rid of VHS. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got it and I was like, this is amazing. And oh, I own wow. it. I own three copies of it on Blu ray because. 
Uh, we thought we'd lost one. I found it again, but I so I bought a replacement, and then I bought the American version because it has a blooper reel, and it's a lot oh, of Martin nice. Short outtakes. Yeah, his riffs. Oh, he's so many. he's hilarious. In I love that. that. Movie. Uh, it's the leading role. Me thinks thou best not botch it. <laughs> Keep icing your front bum. Yes, I need you. Uh, swelling continues when you don't ice, and I need you. Not really. <laughs> Oh, and then the other classic one. Wait, this is from last week, uh, from a coming episode about dialogue. But um, uh, what's it? Uh, uh, I, I remember the great Bobby De Niro <laughs> once said to me. me. Well, not to me. I read <laughs> it in an article. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it said, "Just because God blesses you doesn't mean there isn't another sneeze coming." <laughs> <laughs> that movie is the best teen comedy ever made, but it's got a really shitty rating. A lot of people yeah. hate it. They said, "Oh, it's it's shitty fair." I think it was really ahead of its time. Yeah, because it does a lot of absurdist, like Thirty Rock shit before Thirty Rock it, was yeah. a thing. I think and I think people because it was not too long after Bring It On. It was so the I think, same year as so Bring I think people on. were like, "Oh, Kiss and Dance," and, 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 then, and it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "Oh, this is oh, it's like it's really bizarre." Yeah, but it's like so entertaining. It's such a good movie, <laughs> and I didn't realize I made a feature film, and it's like set in a theater, and I realized because I rewatched Get Over It, and I'm like. Oh shit! I stole like most of the final sequence of this movie and used it in my movie unintentionally. I was oh, referencing wow. like the deliberate reference. I was like doing Chicago and and all these kind of things. And then I watched Get Over. I'm like, nope, this is the number one movie. I just referenced every like someone gets blown off the stage. Yeah, the, the two stoner stage hands. Like every just thing I just I pulled from it. Um, and then my number one is uh, very well known as being lambasted when it first came out is Psycho. Alfred Hitchcock's oh. Psycho was. Absolutely despised. They called it. I feel it like your number two was more exciting. More exciting. Yes. It was, <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting someone to know this movie. I wasn't expecting anybody to mention that movie. So I was like, oh, wow. It's okay. a classic. It's, I literally, it's like in my top 10 of all time, and I rewatch it just about every year. Nice. Um, but some of the critics called Psycho a gimmick movie. And then another one was it was a quote unquote blot on an honorable career. And now it's known as the most influential horror movie yeah. ever made. Uh, so yeah, I think that's fine. So we'll we'll end on on our critics picks. So what is your? So I wouldn't say these are like you know five. Wait, isn't of, this like a complete oxymoron? A critic picking movies yeah. that yeah. critics don't like. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like this movie, but I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So these would just be five ones that I you know either own, see, enjoy, but I you know don't know where they rank in this. You know. Yeah. So one yeah. of them would be the sweetest thing. Which is like twenty six percent. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's not a great movie, but I think it was kind of doing like the raunchy female sex comedy thing before that really yeah. became a thing. You I know? always like, get that one, and what's the one where they they rob a bank? Uh, uh, sugar, and oh, sugar and spice. I always get those two mixed up because they came around around the, the same, same time, time, and the yeah. posters were really similar. It was like, let's have hot blondes, like yeah, <laughs> you know? um, yeah, like you know, like. Bridesmaids are sort of considered sort of one of the first yeah. comedies to really let women go forward. And I'm like, in 2002, you had Cameron Diaz, Christina Applegate, <laughs> and Selma Blair doing it. And it was so <laughs> gross, but it's so funny. The penis song is just a great scene in cinema yeah. that more people should watch because it's really stupid and really funny. Um, what else do I have? Uh, <laughs> so Crossroads with Britney Spears. Do you know who wrote this? Um, uh, Shonda, Shonda Rhimes, Rhimes Shonda wrote Rhimes, Crossroads. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I am an unashamed Britney Spears fan. <laughs> like I, yes, she lip syncs and she's there's she was talented men, once. There was, yeah, and I think in that movie I was like, she's not a bad actress she's in a that movie. She's, she's a fine. Performer, yeah. Um, and you got Zoe Saldana before she was a thing. You got Justin Long, who's got like wait. who's got like oh, yeah. a, who like an eight pack, and in you that got Pensatucky like, from wait, wait, what? 
Yeah, when he's like in the losing virg- virginity scene, he like takes his clothes on. <gasps> yeah, I was like, you're abnormally yeah. ripped for Justin Long. <laughs> um, yeah, Taryn Manning, yeah. Um, Kim Cattrall, Dan Aykroyd. I was like, it's actually a pretty good cast. Yeah. And I was like, it's, you know, I'm like, I'm not the intended audience for that movie when it every came time out. i hear bye 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 i go to the scene from the movie <laughs> every time that that movie is owned you know, that song. and she you know she she picks up the song quite quickly like not a girl not yeah a woman, yeah, but, yeah, you know. yeah um but yeah i just you know what it's it's like doing the teen drama girl Road thing trip. and it does yeah. it competently it's got all melodrama like i was just like this movie's not the fall Terrible. down the stairs and the globe like dances. The, the slow mo and like, oh, she oh lost the baby. Like, oh. you know, and like, because I put this up on Twitter, I said, you know, like, that movie was blasted by critics, fair enough. And they said, like, that it was a flop. And I was like, no, it cost like $14 million to make and it made $60 million. Yeah. I was like, That's therefore, success. that is not a flop. You can criticize it all you want. Um, this one's 56%, so I don't know where that house, but Death Becomes Her. <gasps> yes! Which, I made him watch it the other day. Yeah. yeah. Recently got released on Blu-ray, yes, so I bought that one. Yeah, yeah that's, that's no, I got I'm the pretty sure that was the one I watched. Um, yeah. Just, like... That's such a so good and, like, fucking movie. The effects for that movie are insane for 1992. Yeah. Like, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it won the Oscar for yeah. it as well. and I, I know Meryl Streep absolutely hated doing yeah, it. Yeah, she said, she, I'll never do another, like, special effects-driven movie because yeah. it was just so technical and... Goldie Horn got like a scar on her face from when she threw the yeah the shovel. I love the music on that but movie. It's just like it's super quotable. Yeah. Um, it just wrinkle, wrinkle, little star. It just like it like it, there's no like unnecessary moments in it. Like it's just like boom, boom, boom. Like I just like think it's I can and rewatch the um, movie over and over uh, again. Uh, 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 what's her name? The, she's the, the ancient one who gives the Isabella Rossellini. Isabella Rossellini. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. You have her come in as just yeah a role tailor made like, for her, and like inc- like she looks stunning in that movie. Yeah, um, Meryl Streep. Like, and Goldie Horn just makes me go, oh, I wish Goldie Horn was just in stuff again, but not with Amy Schumer. Snatch. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, Valentine, which is like a two thousand one horror movie with like Catherine Heigl, that, uh, Denise uh, Richards, uh, the guy from David Buffy, Boreanaz. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't seen this it's, one. It's like 8%. I don't think it's terrible. It's like, it was like kind of made with like when the slasher was yeah. trying to be redone. And it's, and again, it's like all women, like an all female cast um, has a pretty decent twist. The death scenes are actually really, really well done. The film, like you watch that movie now, it's from 2001. It looks like the colors are super crisp. It looks like a movie that was okay. made. I might have to check it out. Like 10 years prior, 10 years after whatever the, Way that would be post. Yes, Arthur. looks like it's made. It was very ahead of its time. time. Yes, yeah. there you go. Oh, that should have been easier. For me. <laughs> um, yeah, don't you have the journalism degree? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and uh, Return to Oz. Okay, which yeah. I saw as a child, which I saw as a child, and was like, "This is that movie hated is by critics." But it's fifty-five percent. Yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah. it's kind of in the. I feel like it should be one of those movies that people should rediscover. Yeah, because absolutely. I think the darkness the, that we're seeing with, is terrible. Yeah, like we're getting all of like you know Stranger Things, and we're seeing a lot of really smart horror movies. And I think Return to Oz is kind of a nice side to that because it's really really dark, and it's yeah. a kids movie that's not really a kids movie. No, but the best kinds of kids. Movies, yeah, right? um, and I just remember watching it like recently, going, "Wow, how did I 
Like, how did you survive that when you yeah, were? Yeah, like they sort of go, "Oh, it's the sequel to Wizard of Oz. Let the kids watch it. It's fine. It's got a G rating on it." And I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> no." Um, Fruza Bulk, and you know, she was like, basically had a whole movie on her shoulders at the age of you know yeah. eight or something. Um, really and like, messed and like, up. It's like the plot is like they're going to electrocute her. Give yeah, her yeah, because she keeps talking about going to Oz, and it's like it's horrific. Yeah, and I think it's like one of those things where that's closer to the story than what we got with the, you know, the Munchkins and the Yeah, the Judy Garland and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's really awesome. Well, if any of our listeners have any picks of movies that you love that are critically hated, let us know on our social medias. Uh, We we can find us on Facebook at Mighty Motion Picture Rangers and we're on Twitter and Instagram at Picture Rangers. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Shane M underscore Anderson. You can find me on Twitter at that, that Sundance KD um, on Twitter and at Letterboxd at Joshua Grigg. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at The Chancester. And you can find me on Twitter at RatedPDG. Oh, yeah. Nice. Actually, I found it. We were following each other on Twitter before I contacted you. About yeah. This. I think Tim Burns had, like, retweeted something you'd done. I remember going, oh, that's funny. And I just remember following you or something. Which is, yeah. Like, and then, like, when mainly you, about yeah, Suspiria. Yeah, when you emailed me, I was like, that's got to be the same guy, right? <laughs> yeah, like, surely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you're Suspiria. I'm just like, yes, I've my Suspiria spirit animal. I cannot wait. Animal. I cannot wait. So yeah. It just, oh. I, Do you know everyone's like, oh, it doesn't have the color palettes. And I'm like, that's not the point. That's, that's what the makes point. it that's good. Yeah, yeah like, he's like, yeah. I'm not making a remake. He's like, I'm yeah. just inspired and by it. And I think it looks, like, it looks like a movie from the 70s. Like, I think it looks amazing. Apparently him and Tilda Swinton wanted to make it for years, like 20 yeah. years or something. Oh, really? Are we all agreed that Tilda Swinton is what's-his-face, though? David Bowie? Lutz. No, Lutz, Lutz Bergendorf. It's her in old man makeup and they're trying to oh, pretend okay. it's a real other actor that just who's never been in a movie before and he runs like <laughs> a theatre thing. But the thing that gives it away in the trailer, it's the voice and it's like, mm. she's like, and I'm like, it just sounds like a woman doing an old man voice. Yeah. And I think it's because she's doing it. But I think most audience, well, I mean, depending who sees it, because I think this movie could potentially divide a lot of people. It will. Well, it's really yeah. long too. It's, it's nearly really, three it's hours. It's like two and a half hours. Yeah. yeah, over two and a half hours. I feel like... I mean, it's a very hard R rating in the States. I'd yeah. love it if it got an R rating here just so cool. it could get rid of all the little kids, the little teenagers that scream at, like, un, um, truth or dare. And I'm like, truth or dare isn't scary. It's stupid. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, I feel the like... The game Suspiria- is real, Peter. The game is real. <laughs> I, like, I feel like Suspiria is going to be, a, like, it's a movie for adults. Like, yeah. And... Again, Dakota Johnson, I feel like she's actually making really interesting choices. I love that you tweeted about that and then you got like a million yes. Dakota Johnson All of a sudden I'm like, wow, maybe I should just mention Dakota Johnson in everything that I do. <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden it's like retweet or retweet or re-favorite. I'm yeah, like, hey, okay. I did a review of the Meg. Also. Sorry, Sorry, just, just say, I wish Dakota Johnson was in was this. In this. Blah, get and then you <laughs> there you go. Anyway, that's a really uh, good You piece. know what film oh. it isn't critically... <laughs> Uh, it's neither critically acclaimed nor oh, critically no, viewed. No critics saw it. It was Red Actually, no, I bought oh. one in at the festival screening and he couldn't get the article. No one wanted the article about it. So, uh, what, how, oh. Did he like it? Did he hate it? I don't know. I never asked. It's critically <laughs> undecided. <laughs> <laughs> it's Red Curtain Hell, Shane's feature film, now available on Vimeo mm. On Demand. Just go to video uh, vimeo.com slash on demand slash Red Curtain Hell. Use the code Picture Rangers to get 20% off your purchase or rental. Uh, and uh, I can't plug this because I haven't seen it. But. Uh, oh, do you have anything else? Any of your things? Plug any like website for your criticism? Like um, read well, the iris. Yeah, the iris, which is uh, well, it's now gone back to the AU review. The iris was like its entertainment offshoot, and now they've gone back to the AU review. 
And Q News. Q News, uh, This Is Film and Brisbane Easter. Awesome. We'll put links in the show notes and everything like that. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on. This no, has thank been you. an thank awesome, you. awesome time. And thank you all for listening. We have been the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers and we'll see you again next week. You know, I'm pretty sure critics love <laughs> Becca. <laughs> Your cousin's talking about the new lottery app. Huh. You can pick your numbers by just shaking your phone now, apparently. And maybe then you think, well, if someone's going to win it, why not me? Shake, pick and play with the new app. The National Lottery. It could be you. Play responsibly. Play for fun. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.